to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your two usual hosts here. We've got uh, Tom Mannering. Hello. And myself, uh, Josh Hartley. And we are joined this week by Dave Wright. How are you doing, Dave? I'm very well, guys. Nice to, nice to see you. Well, I see you every other week, Josh, so it's not really yes. that nice to see you. But nice to see you, Tom. <laughs> nice to have you on, Dave. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, long-time listeners will remember Dave from previous episodes. Uh, Dave is involved in oh, you've got you've got fingers in a lot of pies. Um, Tabletop Scotland, yes. Um, Albacon, which is yes. coming up very shortly. It is. Uh, and you've read my D and D group. Yes. In. Um, you you've been writing RPG modules as well. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Um, I had a Call of Cthulhu scenario go copper, uh, which means over 50 individual sales, fifty over 50, so 51 plus, mm-hmm. which I wrote in July, of which I've never, before the 1st of July, no, before the 26th of June, I had never owned, nor run, nor played Call of Cthulhu. And I've been playing role-playing games for... How old am I now? 40, 35 years. Nice. <laughs> but for some stupid reason, I decided to write a Call of Cthulhu scenario. And it, people seem to like it. Because I've said on the podcast a couple of times, Call of Cthulhu is my favourite one as well. I absolutely love the, the system and the setting. It's great for me. And yours sounds really interesting as well. We're definitely yeah. going to link it in the show notes. <laughs> the, the, uh, it's called the Oxford Papers, isn't it? The, the Oxford Articles. There we go. Set in, 19, really right. set in 1953, so before I was born, in the city of Oxford, which I've never been to. So, <laughs> so yeah, there was a fair amount of research went into that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that was good. I enjoyed doing it. Um, it was an interesting challenge. <clears throat> so, what I like about that is when Josh was reeling that off, right, he's like, Albacon. Tabletop Scotland, my D and D game. Call <laughs> <laughs> Cthulhu scenario. You're right. It wasn't in order of importance. It was in order of Josh remembering. It's fair. So, it's, which is just a, a, a jumbled mess. <laughs> <laughs> like basically throw all the cards up in the air and see, see which ones land first. Exactly. Oh, right. Exactly. You don't have any show notes then. That's what you're telling me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's fairly evident. <laughs> <laughs> Case in case in point, we're still doing the "How's your week been?" sort of section of the show. So uh, we'll start. Tom, how how have you been this week? I've been I've been good, uh, all things considered. Um, Had a bit of a a disappointing weekend, but the less said about that, the better. Um, But no, I've been alright. I've had a a couple of games. Uh, Obviously, did the Twitch stream um, for ourselves uh, on Sunday. Uh, and played some D and D, so I've been all right. Good, 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 good. And Dave, have you been you've been up to much this week? Um, well, I, I ran our D and D game uh, last Tuesday, um, uh, and uh, on Friday I played in an Everon game that I've been in since just over a year now with uh, Rich Green, who writes for Cobalt Press. Um, mm-hmm. 
and a few others from the kind of D and D UK community, uh, like Pete Griffith and Ian Hawthorne, who you'll know, Tom. Um, people like that. So a lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of good times been had, and that's my whiskey night when I'm when I'm playing that. So I drink whiskey nice. while playing. I have a character that I play D and D, which is good fun. Are you Excellent. sort of a, are you a bit like me, Dave? Are you pr- pr- primarily a GM? And yeah, the etern- the eternal GM badge is kind of on me, but yeah. that that's largely my own fault more than yeah. anything else, Tom. You know, I enjoy running games, so. I bet, I bet that crosses well, mate. I know the pain. So it's nice when you get the odd, uh, the odd night off. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm sure Rich was hoping when we started this that he we would do some sort of rotation, but he's been doing it for 12 months now, as I say. So he's yeah. not quite had that rotation happen yet. Anyway, Josh, sorry. How, are you, how, are you, how, how has your week been, Josh? Uh, it's been it's been good. Uh, we have a, a little bit of announcement and congratulations. Long time listeners will know of uh, Callum Flint, aka Lanky Santa. Uh, he tied the knot this weekend uh, with his uh, wife, now Rachel Flint. So um, I was I was in attendance, um, and it was a lovely day. So uh, just a big congratulations to those guys. Um, otherwise, I've not been up to much. Just, oh, no, tell a lie. I attended my first in-store Magic Gathering event yesterday. So that was cool. Where was we that? We did a uh, Geekaboo. They have just started uh, them again. In Glasgow? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. the wedding, I suppose, so you weren't too far out. Exactly. It, I, I popped there before I got on the train. So <laughs> Priorities. Um... Wedding. <laughs> magic. I was, going to, I, was going to, I was going to say, was it in that yes. order? I hope it was in that order. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Wedding was. magic, back to the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't try and play Magic the Gathering at the wedding. Uh, but no, so that was that was just nice to be back in store um, and uh, play Magic the Gathering face-to-face as intended, as Richard Garfield intended. So, aye, it was uh, good stuff. Is that the new set? The no, we did a chaos draft. Ah, okay. Uh, those who are not familiar, a chaos draft is rather than draft booster packs from the same set like you're supposed to, you just get random packs, and it, you, your deck's always a mess because there's like no synergy or anything with them. So yeah, you just uh, get a, yeah, you get a random set of cards ultimately, and it's up to you. Yes, so it was good. Enjoyed it. Um, I came fourth out of eight, so kind of average. So but that's all right. I came um, top four. I mean, that's what you really should see. You, the... I was in. I'm in the top fifty percent. There we go. No, yeah. you don't even just top four. You don't say how many are there. You see, I came in. The, I came in the top four, which is a good outcome because even if then there were four players, you still look <laughs> good. Top four. There were eight players, to be fair. So. Um, but yeah, no, so it was it was good to get back to that, um, and yeah, otherwise not been up to much. Just been in my usual games. Looking forward to getting back into Star Wars tomorrow night. It's been a while. Tom is raising his arms in either victory or aping the one of the Sand People from uh, from Episode Four. Either or. No, I'm quite yes. looking forward to it. We've not done that for two months. I think it's been a while. Yeah, so uh, it'll be good to dive back into that. Anyway. You still, you're still using Age of Rebellion, Edge of the Empire for that, yeah. You still. Uh, yes, we we started in uh, Edge of the Empire, uh, and then <laughs> the the initial uh, session zero was let's all be scoundrels and cutthroats and and villains, 
and within about like six sessions they were like let's just be rebels <laughs> 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 so is is, is that the, an easier life? Yeah, maybe. made the transition to rebels so that they have someone telling them what to do. It's made, yeah, it, it made sense for my character because I had the, the rebel droid inside me indeed, as well. Indeed. So it's fair. <laughs> that's fair. my defense. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, kind of, it's easy to slip into being the good guys rather than being scoundrels constantly. I think it's that it's, it's the fact that when you're you don't have a a sort of line of command, you're having to make all the decisions yourself, and like when you've got such an open platform like the Star Wars universe, that's a yeah. lot of choice to get paralyzed by. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas if you've got a commander saying "Go here and do this," it it gives you a choice, but within a a much smaller sandpit rather than the galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're, you're you, as a, even from a, a GM perspective, it's much easier to go right. We need this done. Go and do it. Yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> uh, <laughs> rather than right, okay. So what uh, smuggling circles am I going to have to have them interacting with this week? Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Totally get that. Right, yeah. Uh, so moving moving on to the the main topic then, uh, Albacom is uh, coming up the 2nd and 3rd of October. Dave has been... How long has the planning process gone in? We should actually start. Albacon is an online... I'm, I'm really organised. Albacon <laughs> is a re, uh, an online RPG convention. I'm sorry, Dave. It's all right, Tom. Hey, <laughs> this is great. Shut up. Um, you want me to do this, but George. <laughs> happening on the 2nd. Second and third of October. And like with a guest has to ask Josh if he wants him to do it for him. It was going fine until you started laughing at me. <laughs> oh dear. Am I wrong on anything that I've said? No, you His are not. Online RPG You're... convention yes. is happening on the second and third of October. Dave has been organising it. Tell me how how is the how has the planning been going for that? So I'll I'll go back to last year. Actually, sure. um, so last year, uh, I think it was around about the March April when we announced that uh, we definitely weren't going to have tabletop Scott. Um, and I was having a chat with my mate Mark, who he's an exclusively online uh, role player. He's got friends in the states who are who now live there, and he plays online all the time. Mm-hmm. And he was saying to me, "So why why don't you just do something online instead?" <clears throat> and I was like, "Okay, how would that work? Um, and why would I do it? Um, you know, it, it's one thing to." create an in-person event like Tabletop Scotland with, with the, the uh, I was going to give them a name there, but I'll give their names, Duncan, John and Simon, um, to create that event. But then to do this was more about, I need, I need more of a purpose. So we decided, let's make it for charity. Mm-hmm. You know, every single penny from tickets and otherwise was going to go to charity. So we need a charity. Uh, Mark's son um, has, or is recovering from leukemia um, and he was supported their family was supported by a charity called it's good to give so it was an easy kind of let's make it as good to give mm-hmm. so last year we ran over 70 games over a weekend and raised just over three thousand pounds for them which was great because we didn't know what to expect um, yeah. and that was roughly from the may 
maybe the June really was when we kicked into action to the October last year. <clears throat> For this year, uh, the plan didn't really, well, the plan started probably around about the same time, May, June time, was when, you know, it was like, right, we knew the dates was announced already. We knew what, we knew who our, part, our charity partner was going to be um, because we'd already discussed that as a group. And it was then just a question of, right, let's start ticking off some things from the list. Let's speak to the charity. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, send out some emails to the people who GM'd for us last year and various other things. And then start the shamelessly approaching as many publishers as you possibly can to get them to give you goodies to give away in the aid of charity. Um, and, that, and that just kind of starts to... Well, it starts to organise itself because you start to steamroll from there into right. We've got the games now. We need to get them online. When do we put tickets on sale, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so we decided um, to go with Penumbra this year. Um, so it's it's an it's an online con as you've highlighted, and we had people from nine different countries, I think, last year take part. Um, and but we focused on a Scottish charity, much like we did last year. So mm -hmm. Penumbra are a mental health support charity in Scotland. They're one of the biggest ones in Scotland. And they provide all sorts of support to people throughout the country. Um, and I think there was an element of it was a really good fit um, for a variety of reasons amongst the team. Uh, but also, if anything, other than uh, obviously the, the impact of COVID on people who, who have lost, it's also the fact that our mental health during the pandemic is probably taking a battering across, you know, across everybody. Yes. Right? And we all know that um, role-playing, certainly for those on this on this year, um, online has been a good outlet for that, you know, just yeah. to have that social contact. So it, it kind of became a very easy, straightforward fit mm -hmm. of Penumbra, a mental health charity, and an online RPG convention. It just kind of made sense in a lot of respects. And they, they were they were delighted. Um, it, I had to explain what it was, obviously. <laughs> um, <clears throat> um, but fortunately, I had uh, dealt with them before uh, through my day job, and I'd organized a board games event at work to raise money for them. And uh, Sheena was like, okay, so it's like that. And I was like, well, kind of. Uh, but not really like that at all. Um, but it was like, it was fine. They, they, they don't need to know what it is. They're just delighted that people are raising money for them, frankly. Um, so yeah, that that was kind of the initiation, the initial parts of it. And as I say, it was really just, let's see where we can go with this. And let's see if we can get more games, more players, more sponsors. You know, it's it, it wasn't so that we have to, we don't have to beat last year's target. That would that number even that would be that would be lovely if we can. But it's just really about raising money for charity, right? Oh, terrific, yeah. And I'm I'm having a look at the events. You can look online for the event schedule, and it is it is absolutely rammed. Uh, yeah. I'm eyeing up with the one of the D and D. Um, one of the D&D uh, &D Adventure League epics, because I've never took part in one. Um... Yeah, so... <laughs> yeah, so the, the schedule was the sort of thing. So at, at Tabletop Scotland, as you, as you both know, we have quite a strong Adventurers League mm -hmm. um, presence. I think we had 
nine tables in every slot in 2019. Um, so that would be 45 games. Um, whereas last year at Albacon, it was like, right, we've no idea if Adventures League is going to work. Um, it did, kind of. Um, but um, for this year, we didn't we didn't do an epic last year. Uh, we decided to do two this year. So for those mm-hmm. who don't know, an, an epic is an interactive event where traditionally you're all in the same room um, and you're all playing the same adventure. Um, each table's playing the same adventure. Now, you may be playing that adventure at different levels of character. You may be mm-hmm. playing that adventure... In, in, in different, obviously with different DMs, but there are interactive elements which could be roaming NPCs, or specific events that occur, um, or in the case of uh, one of them, not the one of the ones we're running, uh, Alvacon, um, you all have to sing a song. Um, Excellent. And we had that one at Tabletop Scotland in 2019, and that was the one for the War Deep Dragon House storyline, uh, which is now dropped out of my head. Last orders at the Yawning Portal, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we'd never run one online, uh, Greg, who's my kind of AL guy, as it were, um, he and I were like, well, let's do a, 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 a dummy run of it. Um, yeah. using that scenario from from Tabletop Scotland. And it went okay as a dummy run. We learned a lot from it. Because um, when you're physically in a room, it's very easy just to walk up to a table, interrupt them, and have that interactive mm-hmm. moment. Um, when you're online, you have to jump in between different voice channels and text channels and various other things to you know, make things happen and hope people are paying attention at the right time. Because this is what I was going to say. It just, it sounds so much harder to do online than it I th- does I think, in person. I think, I think the, the interactive bit is, and it was, it was certainly the, the, one of the, th- one of the things we thought would work that didn't work when we did the demo run was a, hmm. uh, traditionally you have what's called a table captain at, uh, at an interactive or epic event so each table has a nominated representative who is there to pass messages between tables right that's okay. kind of part of their role at the table um as well as playing their character because we're, because the demo we only had well we originally were applying to have four tables for it uh, but uh, unfortunately one of our dms pulled out um so we we had to do it with less than that and it was like right okay we won't need table captains then we'll just make that the D- part of the dm's job that mm-hmm. was a mistake because dms were obviously running the game right. we didn't need to have that memory of right i need to post this message in this channel so mm-hmm. the other tables know that something is happening so we've obviously gone back to following the guidance, have a table captain. Um, <laughs> uh, but the two we're running, um, one of them is, uh, on the Sunday night, is Liar's Night, which is a Halloween-ish themed um, adventure uh, from the Descent into Avernus uh, storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that's now what's, what in AL terms is called historic, although I do believe on the 22nd of September, all the AL rules are being chucked in the bin and they're basically going do what you like. Um, be, 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 based on the, the draft that I've seen of the document. Um, mm-hmm. So we may actually have a lot more flexibility with who can play in that, which would be great. Um, but that is, 
yeah, you're, they're all invited to a masked ball, and that's almost part of the theme, which I'll come on to with the other one. They're invited to a masked ball where they have, where something happens. Naturally, okay. it's something bad that happens, because it's mm-hmm. D&D, and you have to do things. Good things don't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and then the, some... other, the, the other one... Sorry, Josh, on you go. I was just going to say, it is sometimes nice to have that one little bit of reprieve in the campaign where you have a session where nothing bad happens and you just you just go out and have a nice time. <laughs> That's not happened to you guys yet, though, has it? <laughs> the green door. Uh, I wasn't, wasn't going to mention it, no. Not, not, in, not in Avernus Rising, no. It's I mean, not... the clue's in the name, right? <laughs> yeah. I, hey, don't get me wrong, I... I kind of knew what I was signing up for when when <laughs> when it's the the whole campaign setting is you're going to hell. Yes. It's like yeah, I'm not going to get a lot of downtime. No, you're <laughs> so... not. You're really not. Uh, the other one we're running is uh, from the Mist Hunter storyline, which is the kind of the Avengers League storyline that runs in parallel to Van Rysen's Guide to Ravenloft. Um, mm. So that is it's got a very different flavor to it it's much less combat orientated in fact it is entirely possible uh, to go through that entire epic without having one single fight happen um which is different certainly for D D, yeah. but it's also different i think from an epic perspective because you would you it is entirely feasible that none of the tables can see combat there are mm-hmm. combat options but it's more there to kind of do the social and exploration pillars sure. of D&D. That's what they're trying to push with it. And that one there also has a masked ball in it. So I don't, I don't know if that was deliberate or subconscious by, by us. <laughs> um, but yeah, that one's also got a masked ball in it, which is which is kind of cool. Um, we've, we've been very lucky as well that uh, the AL community have given us pre-made maps for these because at one point I oh, thought I was going to yeah. have to make maps and I was just like, I'll just go into this group and I'll ask, anybody got maps? Yes, right, okay, great. I don't need to do anything. Um, well, we didn't need to do it. We didn't need to do anything for the epics. We, for other AL stuff, we have, uh, we've had to create the maps in the main, um, including one which Mark had to make, which was an isometric map in the PDF. <laughs> and he was like, and it's like isometric in the sense it's like seven layers um, coming down a central oh, funnel. No. Oh, funnel. No, and he no, was like, no. how do I represent this? Um, so he, he had a lot of fun in inverted commas uh, doing that one. It looks great. It absolutely looks great mm. what he's done. But I can just imagine the kind of, right, have I got that bit right? Have I got that bit right? So, um, but no, we, we as a team, we've kind of created a number of the maps for the other other adventures we're running because we want a certainly for the AL we want a kind of consistent experience for the players. Yeah. Um, so that's that's one thing we've done. But other than AL, as you said, Josh, there's a whole raft of other things there. Um, we have nine. It's nine Cthulhu adventures on the schedule, mm-hmm. including one being run by my mate Chris, who also took part in that writing challenge uh, called Pop Goes the Weasel, um, and we have. Quite a lot of Dungeon Crawls classics as well. So we had so Goodman Games are one of our sponsors. The that community came out in real force last year, um, and were hugely supportive of us. And this year, equally so. And Brendan Ben Lasalle from uh, Goodman Games is running two games for us, um, and as as are a lot of other people from that community, which is just great. Um, and Brendan, when he runs online, just does it over Zoom doesn't use a dice roller, has real dice, 
and last year he wore a kilt when he ran his games, nice. um, which was just a nice touch. Yes. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I mean, lots and lots of games on the schedule. Um, everything from well, we've talked about D and D. There is one game with Pathfinder. It is, however, second edition, Tom. Uh, <laughs> Oh. <laughs> is, it, um, is it all fifth edition day and day? It is. It is. It is all five e. Uh, there are a couple. So other than DCC, there's also I'm going to forget the name of it. So I'm currently scrolling for it. Um, Smithy of Sacrilege, which is an OSR basic D and D retro clone, which is running actually an old D and D scenario called Ghost Tower of Inverness. Um, oh, cool. which is a very uh, kind of classic D&D scenario um, mm-hmm. which isn't actually set in Scotland even though it's called Ghost Tower Inverness um, <laughs> and we've got Games of Beowulf being run which is the RPG nice. from Handiwork um, but being run by the author um, well one of the authors uh, Jacob Rogers um, and yeah we've got loads of stuff um, plenty of sci-fi um, quite a few kind of more on the indie spectrum, <clears throat> including a game of what's called Steel Nacht, so Silent Night, mm-hmm. uh, which I is a G- this one. which is a GM-less game, and it's been run at one AM UK time. Because um, that's the thing, being an online con, you're not constrained by the hours of day of a venue, <clears throat> or indeed mm. the physical space of a venue. So there yeah. are advantages in that that you're able to say, well as long as one of our team is happy to be awake at that point. <laughs> uh, and uh, we haven't finalised our rota yet, but um, I think we know who it's going to be, uh, Simon. <laughs> um, oh. not, not, not our Simon, Josh, a different Simon. Okay. Um, so, um, Sorry, Simon. <laughs> um, but he, he did it last year and he's happy to do it. Okay. So it's, it's kind of one of these things. He takes um, the night shift. Yeah, exactly. He takes the night shift. So that so I think we've got three games on that slot just now, the 1am to 5am. Yeah, we do. A game of Cthulhu, a game of Cypher, and uh, Steelnacht, which uh, which just sounds really odd and not the sort of game I would default to, but mm-hmm. I'm intrigued to see how it runs. Um, so yeah, <clears throat> loads of stuff being run, and it's <clears throat> all the games are a fiver, um, mm-hmm. and Eventbrite are the um, kind of event ticketing host we're using this year. Uh, after all sorts of problems with the uh, solution we had last year, decided okay. to go, nope, let's use something that actually we know will work. Um, and I can have less headaches about it. Yeah. Um, and so once Eventbrite uh, take their cut for the payment processing, all that money goes will, will go to the charity after the event. Um, you know, once it's gone through the various hoops it needs to go through. Mm-hmm. Um and alongside that, I've mentioned a couple of sponsors. Um, the others that we have, I think, I think we've got thirty-six sponsors this year, which is about oh, wow. twelve <laughs> more than we had last year. I'm not going to write them all off. They're all on the mm-hmm. website, which I've just realised I haven't given you the address for. www.albacon.co.uk. That's Alba A L B A Con. It's not Al Bacon. It's Albacon. Um, <clears throat> although you'll now see it and think I'll bacon. I'll bacon. Um, yeah. But we've got a load of sponsors this year, and one of the ones, without singling any of them out, really, I'm, now, I'm about to single one of them out. Mm-hmm. Um, D&D Beyond, um, I spoke to them 
this must have been in June, maybe July, um, about it because they they sponsor uh, two other cons that have mental health as kind of their main kind of charity angle. Uh, Jasper's Game Day, which is suicide prevention, and I for, no save versus fear. That's it. I knew it was somewhere in my head. Uh, which is actually organised by a group called the Badana Group, who are a kind of um, psychologically trained group of therapists who use role-playing games in therapy. Um, and they organise a con, and D&D Beyond sponsor both of them. And I was like, well, I can only ask. Yeah. Um, and they turned around and said yes. So they've given us, I think it's about um, six, $700 worth of D&D Beyond material. Uh, to give away so some of that will be given away at the weekend to mm-hmm. attendees we run giveaways throughout the weekend to everyone who comes um but we've got a raffle running just now on the on the website um via a, a kind of custom raffle website mm-hmm. called raff raff all um which is a unusual name there. um yes uh, but the so the, within that you can get We've got two player bundles, which are about $100 worth of product. And the other one is a sourcebook bundle, which is about 400 and something dollars worth of product. Ooh. It's basically all the non-adventure books on yeah. D&D Beyond. You can get all of them, um, which, is a, which is an amazing kind of thing for them to give us since they don't know who we are. Um, but well, you know, they do now. <laughs> but they do now exactly. Yes. So yeah, so there's raffle tickets for that, which again are a fiver, and all that money. the The good thing about the raffle service is that we don't touch that money at all. Mm-hmm. It goes straight from raffle to the charity, and because it's entirely for charity, raffle don't take a cut of that. It just goes Terrific. straight. Yeah. So which is, that, which is that great. whole fiver is is going. It's guaranteed to... for for yeah. the. For the for the charity, and you know, and, and we've decided to make that raffle run until the week, until uh, the Wednesday after the con, just so that you know, if people don't know about the con until the weekend itself, that's still mm-hmm. there as something they can go and look at if they want to take part. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, I could keep talking. <laughs> that's awesome, though. That's that's amazing. I, I just had a look there at the list of sponsors, and you've got some. I mean, they're all amazing, but some really really big names on there as well which is a really good that they're all contributing towards it yeah and, and, and in a lot of respects it, it's it's one of these kind of conversations where in fact this almost using the D beyond conversation to start with you can imagine that they get approached by streamers podcasts mm-hmm. and people like that all the time asking for sponsorship and by that i mean actual sponsorship i.e potentially money or something like that so a lot of these companies have a single kind of channel where you engage them. And mm-hmm. it's very easy for you to get lost in that channel of, you know, yeah, I don't actually want any money from you. I'm running a charity event. Yeah. Can I, is, is that of interest to you? Um, and if it is great, um, you know, what, what, what do you want to contribute to it? And it's very much, a, you know, anything they can give us. Um, where it's a discount code, where it's you know a single free PDF that they'll give to ten people or five people, it doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. about providing something that we can give to, make available to our GMs as a thank you, and or to our attendees, uh, as again as a thank you. Um, yeah. So it's it's just being able to do something. But the list, 
uh, it was it was very much one of these things, right? Okay, we did well last year with the twenty or so that we had, but I wanted to do better this year with the sponsors, and we've done pretty well. Mm-hmm. I'm quite pleased yeah. with it. That's awesome. I mean, uh, yeah, D and D Beyond's a pretty big scalp, and on the 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 subject of you know sponsorship, D and D Beyond, if you're out there listening. <laughs> <laughs> Call me, call me. <laughs> I can give you the email address if you want it. So. Not, not even for sponsorship, just for a chat. He gets a long yeah. way. Oh, wow. Tom, Tom did have, for the benefit of our listeners, Tom did have his head in his hands when I was saying that. I think so. you can just assume that by default, Josh. If you're talking, I've probably got my head in my hands. <laughs> I, I know anyway. what you're talking about, though, Dave. I've, I've done conventions myself and stuff in the past, and, and it is a nightmare getting sometimes just getting someone to even get back to you you know just yeah. even to get so much as a no sorry we can't so having to go through those channels with you know 30 40 companies is is impressive and to get that kind of response as well is is really good um, especially for charity i'm glad so many of them come back to you yeah it is, is it is one of these things where i mean there was a few who turned around and said they couldn't because they and i and you can understand that these companies get asked by a lot of different people for a lot of different things. So they can only contribute so much. Yeah. Um, and there was a few who couldn't for perfectly legitimate reasons. There were a few who didn't reply. Um, and, it, you know, and that's disappointing. But again, these are busy people mm-hmm. who are themselves dealing with a situation that is unusual for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's trying to be kind when you're, when you're not getting that response, even if I'm getting frustrated about it. Yeah, yeah I get that. <laughs> So just uh, as a reminder, Dave, uh, when, when is Albacon happening and where so, can you take part? Yeah, so it's on the 2nd and 3rd of October, Saturday and Sunday. It runs from 10 a.m. to on the Saturday to midnight on the Sunday. That's British summertime. We have mm-hmm. helpful time clock converters on the website for you to work that out if you're not in that time zone. Um, and... Uh, all the information is on our website, which is www.alvacon.co.uk. Terrific. Excellent. Looking forward to it. Um, now, of course, as I mentioned at the start of the, the show, that is one of your many hats. Uh, the other yeah. hat that you've been wearing on this show previously has been Tabletop Scotland. So we, we've got dates confirmed for next we, year. All, we things will, all things going, Being going well. well. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, so... Next year, so it was one of these things where I think we knew um, about a month before we announced the dates what the dates were. Um, but it was <laughs> it, it was that kind of right. Let's let's just kick the tires on a couple of conversations before we go public on the dates. Yes. Let's um, you know just just really just make sure that there's nothing that we have forgotten about. Um, that is happening on those dates um, mm-hmm. and things like that. So the, the 20, 27th and 28th of August next year, which is the English Bank Holiday Weekend, mm-hmm. um, David Scotland will be returning to the Jura Centre in Perth, the entire building again. Um, and that is exciting. Um, and, if, and if nothing else, I'm, I'm looking forward to having a level of normality um about things i haven't played a board game since march last year right as an example wow, yeah. right now i fully expect i will between now and tabletop scotland yes um, <laughs> but it's the sort of thing that we're we're very keen to run an event 
that is that will feel normal. And it was one of the many reasons why we didn't do one. Um, well, why we made a decision we did last year. Ultimately, it was it was the right decision anyway because it wasn't possible. But mm-hmm. um, we we didn't want to run an event that didn't feel like a tabletop Scotland event, frankly. Um, yeah. You know, um, and the plan at the moment is very much right now we are speaking to exhibitors who had who had previously committed to 2020 and indeed 2021 um uh, when we started that ball rolling um and it was it's very much once we've got that those conversations bottomed out we'll be able to start to make some announcements um and then we have about i don't know how long the queue is but we have quite a few people who have approached us uh, since um not just since announcement, but since mm-hmm. UK Games Expo had their event and various other people um, have been speaking to others. And we've got a queue of companies who are wanting to get on that list. So the, there is, it's a good thing that people want to come and we're very keen yeah. that people do come. Um, one of the things that we did debate was whether, because originally we were going to have, if the pandemic hadn't happened, we would have been a three-day event by now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did debate that. Uh, as a team uh, about whether we make 2022 a three-day event and we decided against it I, I, I hasten to add that was a vote of three to one um, okay. um, uh, uh, <laughs> I, I can name the one who wanted a three-day event if you want um, <laughs> uh, but Josh may be able to work that out from the fact that it's it's one of the people he plays D&D with yeah context <laughs> uh, I, I think I know who it is <laughs> um, but at the same time, it, it, it was more from the perspective of, right, we don't know what's going to happen between now and August next year, yes. frankly, right? Um, vaccines being what they are and the pandemic continuing to evolve is the sort of thing that we would rather be confident about a 2D event with an attendance that that will bring commercially, you know, everything else, frankly, mm-hmm. um, than risk a 3D event um, which would be a financial risk from our perspective, um, as well as would people come for three days uh, post-pandemic? We don't know. Um, yeah. But we may we might be able to do something on the Friday night. That's something we're still kind of chewing over as a group and we need to speak to the venue about and various other things. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the plan. Uh, so tabletopscotland.co.uk is the website. It has, it. <laughs> it has uh, the where it is, it has the when it is, and it has information how to get in contact with us. And it, it's got a little bit about what we've done in the past. Um, and I think the the hope is that it goes ahead and it feels like we're back to normal by then. Yeah, I think the nice thing is as well with when you're planning to have it, like tail end of summer next year, I, yeah. fingers crossed. Uh, you know, yeah. we are in a space where it can just be a normal convention um, as opposed to everyone, even if restrictions have been lifted, there's still an anxiety about going to these sort of events, right? Yes, yeah. So it'll be I mean, nice. None, to... none of us will have been in a crowd of that size, right? Yeah. Right. And I think, yeah. and I think there's that element of that readjustment uh, back to normal and in very commas is going to be interesting in itself. Um, and certainly any conventions that I'm at between there and then will be, oh, this is a bit different. Mm. Um, you know, and, and that's, 
that's just part of the challenge of it in some respects. We're, we're very keen to get it to be as normal as possible. And we'll have the same sort of format that we had in previous years um, with, with a couple of tweaks that, that we aren't quite ready to talk about, but obviously we'll be in touch. Um, but there's a, it, we're very excited about it. We're very keen for it, as much for ourselves as we are for everybody else, if I'm honest. <laughs> I think that's uh, fair. <laughs> um, you know, um, we're very keen for the event to, to go ahead um, because we, we just we love putting it on as a group. So, so yeah. I think we're definitely looking forward to it. We were talking about it a couple of weeks ago. Yep. Um, and I think, I think for me, definitely, it would be my first con that I go to um, post-pandemic. Um, yeah. And it's it's a good one to go back to, for sure, because it's uh, it's got that familiarity and it's a bit close to home, which I said before is a is a blessing. <laughs> not having to go, you know, hundred a couple of hundred down miles to Birmingham. It, yeah. it, it is it is one of these things where I mean I mean right right now um, my kind of Facebook feed is full of people that I know that are going to a rescheduled Gen Con. Right, and it's mm. it's happening this weekend. Coming fight well, technically it starts on Thursday, and. Mm that is not something that I would even be entertaining right now. No. Um, right. Um, but I mean, but for ne- a start, it's a, it's a fraction of its normal size as well. So well, it, it, it's not a normal it, it was it, it was, it is a fraction of its normal size, but by fraction, it's going to be still about, big. It's still 50 <laughs> to 60% of what it was. Um, but yeah, that, that in itself isn't something I would want to do. But right now, my... My calendar, my booked calendar, that is mm. uh, for conventions next year, is Aircon Expo, GenCon, and Tabletop Scotland, and it's kind of like, right, okay, I am hopeful that all of those events, including Tabletop Scotland, are things that I am comfortable mm-hmm. being at, mm-hmm. um, and it can go ahead with no issues. Um, but we'll wait, wait and see. Yeah, exactly. Just gonna hope for the best. So. Yeah. All right, Tio. Um, and I think on that note. That's, uh, I think that's all we've got time for. So, Dave, thank you very much for, for coming along this evening. And uh, uh, best of luck with uh, with Albicon and, of course, the planning for Tabletop Scotland when that yep. gets underway. Um, and on that note, thanks very much, guys, and take care. Cheers, guys. Bye. 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 Thank you.